0: I'd like to welcome you out to another episode of the Lodestone Training and Consulting Podcast. I'm Jared Ross,
1: and with me today is... Chris number two, or the light Chris. Our intern? Intern, intern or... Our j- pro- prospect? I heard it, I heard it was going to be junior Junior? Now. Yeah. <laughs> Chris told me the other day, he said, well, you know, Chris number two and light like Chris, it's kind of confusing, so you're just going to be junior. Junior? Yeah. Uh, I'm cool I, with that. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm tempted to call you chief. In fact, I'm just going to call him
0: chief. That's what he is. And then... Uh, Good old, good old Dark Chris. Like, no, no, we can't, we can't give him that. We can't give him that status. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
1: He, he ran me through that. Like, no, I had to call him chief when I was working for him. That's right. Now he's junior.
0: <laughs> well, I'm glad you're joining us today. Uh, today, the topic is going to be long range shooting. So, Chris, before I talk any more, what's your background with with
1: long range shooting? So, uh, special forces uh, Sodic two graduate which is uh, the Special Operations Targeting Addiction, which they have now changed to the Special Forces Sniper course. But uh, there's two different levels. Uh, if you guys listen to my intro podcast, I kind of talked about it there. But uh, level two and then a level one, the level one being you get the additional skill identifier, so you get to shoot closer to assaulters on objectives. Gotcha. So
0: Okay. Well, as you guys know, we teach all kinds of rifle classes, but the primary classes that we teach, it's based off of what I would say, uh, you know, close in shooting. You're talking like 300, 400 meters and less. Uh, A lot of it is is a lot closer. So when you go to our classes, yes, we'll go through the eight principles or the fundamentals of shooting, but then a lot of the the techniques and things that we'll use uh, will be be because you're shooting rapidly and, and you're shooting close in, which... For the most part, that's what, that's what what you're gonna see. That's, that's more realistic um, for, for a lot of people. Um, but long range, it's a whole different animal. And there's a, you know, a lot of things that, that uh, are different with, with that shooting. A good example is um, for your rifle, especially I guess purposely running the AR platform. When you're going to most of our classes and when we're doing that focus on 400 meters and less, I could really care less about your cheek weld. I, I don't care. I do not care at all. What I'm more concerned with is you've got that butt stock down because all the kinetic energy in the air platform is going along the bolt bolt carrier, the buffer and the buffer spring. So I'd want that weapon down with some mass behind it in in your shoulder. That way the gun will recoil less and you'll be able to get that gun back on target to be able to manage that gun and shoot rapidly that way. If you raise the gun up, so just a very small portion of the bottom of the of the butt stock touching your body so you can have that quote unquote good cheek weld now there's no mass behind it so there's you know, nothing really stopping that kinetic energy so the gun inherently will recoil more and it'll be a little bit slower getting it back down on target and, and running that gun but now
1: with long range that's that that's completely opposite yeah um, it long range uh, it's all about consistency mm-hmm. so I in I jumping on your your ranges so I, I i look at the like you said the, the 300 and below that's that's your combat marksmanship mm-hmm. range so then I, I start look i break down into the intermediate ranges which is your your 300 to about 800 that's going to be your intermediate so you can make that with the the ar platform with some training um but uh typically you're going to want the the bigger mass of the bigger bullets so you're you're actually having better effects when you start reaching out that far. And then I look at the, the eight hundred and beyond is the, the long range precision gotcha um, I'm shooting. So well as most of you know, you know,
0: checking out our website and, and our course selection, we really don't have very many long range classes if if any. Um, but one thing that we'll be adding next year is we're gonna be having a lot more marksmanship. Well, I guess not even marksmanship, but you know that that designated marksman and then that yep. long range stuff. Yeah, that
1: intermediate, yeah. and then the, the the long range.
0: Some classes, some of the classes, specifically based around the AR platform, yep. but then other classes, then with you know larger
1: guns. Yep, yeah, we're we're specifically looking at that that small bore, so the AR platform intermediate ranges, and uh, getting guys to start pinging steel out mm-hmm. to, to eight hundred with that. Which definitely can be done, even with a ten and a half inch barrel. Yeah, you just uh, just need that training from us. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> so, but uh, yeah. So jumping into the fundamentals, like you said, uh, same same principles all apply, right? Trigger squeeze. The farther you're going, the the cleaner you need to break that trigger. Uh, the a good straight back, nice crisp break on that, so you're not jerking it. Because as you can see, just on the, the the flat ranges, you know, going 25, 50, 100 yards. You can see when you, you have a bad trigger squeeze and you're jerking it, you'll, you'll see those misses. Now now shoot out the 800 and, and jerk that trigger like that. You, you're just, you compound that with, uh, with more range and then add in all the other variables you got to account for while shooting that far. Uh, the sight picture, sight alignment, same thing. Even if you're looking... Looking through the uh, scope, like some guys, oh, you're looking through a scope. There is no sight alignment. Well, there is still a sight picture sight alignment. Um, now you start getting into the parallax, which is not having your... your uh, I was just going to ask that. Yep. So when you look through a scope, if you move your head slightly to the right or left, if the reticle moves off of the image from where you had it, so let's say you put it on the bullseye and I move my head a little to the right, if the reticle moves off of where I initially had it aimed up on the bullseye, then you have parallax in. So your the parallax essentially takes the image you're looking at, so your target, and brings it to the same focal plane as your reticle, if that makes sense. So there's usually on the variable power scopes in, in your, I don't want to say your higher-end scopes, but your scopes meant for shooting distances. Some of them have a fixed parallax, so you can't even adjust it. But on your your... Adjustable parallax scopes. It's going to be that knob on the left. You you adjust that till you're you're right on there. And I like to do a little head move left or right to see if that reticle or that image moves, and then you know you don't have any parallax left or parallax induced into the uh, to the scope. Um, uh, what else? Uh, body body position. So. Um, a lot of people think long-range sniper, you're you're in a prone all the time, and and that's not not the case all the time. Um, yeah. There's been times when, as a sniper on a mission, I've been sitting down or standing, leaning against something like that. So you still have to train like that. And I'll talk a little bit more about that stuff, but uh, different body positions obviously the best way to shoot long range is to be laying on the ground with a, a good bipod or a good sandbag to, to shoot off of. But, uh, you standing same thing, same principles apply, having that good base, uh, with slight bend in the knees, just like you were shooting at AR in that 25 meter range, um, breathing. I like to talk about this one cause I feel there's, there's way too much focus on, on breathing and, and br- uh breathing control so yes you need to you need to be aware of it and try and mitigate that but i feel like too many people just that's all they focus on oh i got to get my breath my breathing right so i can well your target if you're hunting or if you're like for us the enemy they have a they have a choice so you they may be picking when you get to take that shot versus you having like oh that guy's going to walk out. He's going to turn right and stop right there and face this way. And then I'll have, yeah, well now he comes out, goes left and he's actually continues to walk. Yeah. So, but that's why I kind of feel, (laughs) feel they get too much, too much focus on that breathing. Like, oh man, I got to have my breath right. Well, you should probably get the shot with a, a somewhat decent breathing versus I got to focus. So I'm, I got that perfect breath, right? It's kind of like so, that sight picture. Like, yeah, I got to have that perfect sight picture. Well, yeah, if you're shooting bullseyes at a thousand meters for your competition, yeah, you got all the time in the world. But I'm looking at that combat long range yeah. shooting, not that that precision shooting.
0: I don't know if you've, I don't know if you've ever seen it, but I've seen it a couple times in classes, especially you know the the beginning classes or, or level one rifle classes, where we talk about that. We, we hit on that. You need to hold your breath. Mm-hmm. Expansion of lungs and diaphragm. There's going to be some movement, so you hold your breath. It's going to steady down, and then you can take your shot, right? And, and I usually say, I throw out the two seconds or two to three seconds, no more than that. Yeah. But we've had a couple people <laughs> who've been like so focused. Now they're holding their breath, yeah. And like it looks like their face is starting to turn blue, and then they take the shot, and they're so into it, so concerned about holding their breath. They forget to breathe again yep. so the shot's done and they're still like about ready to pass out yep. They got like hey hey bro breathe what oh yeah
1: yeah yeah, yeah man, now that thing. All lightheaded their heart, heart's <laughs> racing it's like man you, did you just run a mile that's right that's what your body's doing right now <laughs> yeah so like you said that acceptable sight picture so having and i i've got a, a graphic for it for one of our classes is it, it shows the target but i got little dots on where the reticle moves and yeah yeah where you shoot so if you're waiting for that perfect one and then you kind of jerk it a little bit you know it, it goes way off over here versus if you just use that acceptable sight picture you're gonna essentially be more i don't want to say be more accurate but you're gonna more likely hit within an acceptable error on that target yeah so yeah so I just like to throw that out there. There's probably people out there shaking their head right now, like, this guy doesn't know what he's talking about. Breathing's everything. But I, I disagree. I know I'm not the only one. So um, so equipment, uh, this will probably be a always up for a debate on equipment, depending on who you are and what your thoughts hey, are. This would be a good one that Flynn in here, since
0: he doesn't have long-range experience, just to argue with you. Oh, yeah, he would totally... <laughs> be perfect for this
1: yes he's probably shaking his head right now rolling his eyes Uh uh-huh he's on the joblessness that all those guys he's like Uh that guy's an idiot (laughs) that's right have a piece of pizza Flynn.
0: (laughs) (laughs) those carbs it tastes so good once it hits your lips right day i
1: told him i'm i'm gonna find out where you're parked right now watching netflix and i'm gonna have a pizza (laughs) delivered to you just to make (laughs) you eat it (laughs) he didn't find that funny no Um, But, yeah, so let's talk uh, first thing, uh, caliber selection for your rifle. This is always one of the top questions. What caliber should I get? And my response is always, well, what are you doing with it? What do you want to do? That's
0: right. It's a tool, so get an appropriate tool for whatever your
1: job is. Mm -hmm. And much like if you've listened listened to the the AR two-part series we did, you know, you can specific build it for a specific task. You can have more of a utility-type based. Um, when I think caliber, I think uh, distance. What what distances do you plan on shooting or think that you could ever shoot at? Mm-hmm. So if you're looking at going to the the 1,000 the thousand yards plus range, um, you're definitely going to want to look at that 6'5 Creed more the, the, or – I like the the old school the 280 Remington. Mm-hmm. Which was actually has more velocity than the 65 Creedmoor. Same same bullet, but uh it's just not as new and sexy as the 65 Creedmoor. Um, the 300 Win Mag always a good choice. To me that's that's my go-to for extreme long distances is the 300 Win Mag. I love it. You get good good ballistics out of it. Um, good velocities uh, you got the 338 lapua mm-hmm. i mean that thing's a monster though um but the, those 308 winchester good round that'll that'll you can push that to to a thousand now
0: if, for me again again not coming even from like the military perspective because i've never been to the long range classes I've, mm-hmm. I've shot long range with good guys on my teams who know you know <laughs> lot, not more than i do they're just you know i'm just a, a monkey behind that trigger they're the ones doing all the math and get me on target yeah but um the 308 like like you just mentioned my bolt guns that i personally own and my, my long range guns I, I have them all in 308 because i'm not even looking military i'm just thinking uh that that uh preparedness guy and yes. the 308 is always going to be around yep. so so very, a very common cal- yep. you know, caliber and i know like guys on my team you know were again different perspective so they're like i don't want that i want you know the 300 wind mag or or i want something else specific for for that specific job nothing wrong with that but but you know for me that's why i so far i've just stuck with
1: that 308 yeah 308 i mean that's a great just all-around caliber you can go hunting with it you can use it for target precision shooting um you can you can get that that 300 remington action and 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 soup it up a little bit Mm -hmm. make it accurized and you can you can really dial that thing in um you could probably shoot a deer with three hundred win, win mag. Mm-hmm. People do. I, me personally, I think it's a little overkill, um, but shot placement, just like anything. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that three hundred eight, great all around, and like you said, that that's a very popular caliber. Um, so, uh, with that caliber selection, you got to look at your barrel replacement. You know, so the bigger the bigger you go, the the less barrel life you're going to get. You know you're talking a couple thousand rounds for for those the the magnum cartridges like the 338 the 300 win mag um, 65 Creed more. because you're you're pushing a lot of a lot of power powder behind that bullet to uh, to get that thing moving so just that heat and friction they, they just burn out faster versus like a 556 which I mean you can accurize those up and and shoot you're just you're losing a lot of the uh the, the terminal ballistics on that but uh you can definitely reach out with with a five 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 six and some training but like that you know those 10,000 rounds on on a barrel for that versus a couple thousand on a six five creed yeah. you know yeah uh 308 you're you're i think that's right around five thousands three thousand five thousand rounds so um but yeah definitely when you start getting in those magnum cal- calibers You're going to be... Now, what about 50 cal? (laughs) (laughs) So,
0: now, I I know every team's different. Every mission's different. I've got that. But my experience in group with the Barrett's that we have, um, I was never on a, a mission where we needed that that kind of overwatch or that that kind of thing. Our Barrett's, the most effective thing we did with those is we would go to Pogues and they had something that we needed. And like, hey man, we need that. Do you want to come shoot our Barrett? And like, oh, that's the greatest thing in the world. Let him, you know, shoot a couple rounds. Yeah. And then we get that shiny thing that, that, that we need. That, those Barrett's were extremely effective
1: doing that. Um, but... I did. From your experience, how? Once. Once? Okay. I, I actually took it on a mission once. It was very specific. I sat in Got roasted on the top of a roof, waiting on a vehicle that was supposed to come. So the mission was that we had to stop a vehicle. So Okay. That that totally makes sense. Yep. I mean that's what that gun was made for. Yeah. The the M107, the Barrett 50 Cal, like that's I don't even know what MOA kind of gun is that. I think it's like a a five MOA or something. It's something crazy. So the the purpose of that rifle was to defeat armor on APCs. So you can get ten rounds off really quick because with armor you know the more you hit it in a a uh, within a certain area you'll it's eventually punch its, through yeah it, you're so. losing it's losing its integrity with each of those repeated absolutely hits. so, so yeah. that's why they made that to do that um as a actual sniper rifle for use on people not very good you can get some some good lr rain, rounds for it which we had mm-hmm. but they don't fit in a magazine because they're super long um uh but yeah so that was a very specific mission just one time i lugged that thing up a bunch of stairs and sat on a roof and just got roasted by the sun and didn't even get to shoot it yeah it was very disappointing but yeah stopping a vehicle absolutely go with the the biggest thing you got plus it was a short range too so it was only a couple hundred meters oh okay Uh, oh man i'm gonna crush this engine yeah so one or two of those into the engine i don't care where you hit it that thing's gonna stop so but yeah um you can you can hand load some some good rounds for those if if you do have one. Uh the bolt action ones are, are Ooh, pretty good rifles. Say that there are you know, other 50 cals like what did the Canadians do? They I don't know if they still oh, have it but they've Was, have that? The, I can't was it McMillan? Yeah, I think well, I think it was. I want to say yes but I'm not sure. Okay. And I'm sure right now some people well, listening like you knuckleheads, oh how do you God, not God know I this? I uh, blame it on TBI. Yeah. Um but no, so the the longest <laughs> shot with the sniper rifles made by a Canadian yeah. in Afghanistan, yeah. with U.S. ammo, by the way, so they had <laughs> ran out of ammo, so they had got some of the the was it LR uh, or something the long? Rompus rounds. Okay, so they had okay. some of those, yeah. so they took those, they redid their zero. But uh, listening to the interview with the the fellow that made that shot, you know, he's like, oh, you know, they burn a lot hotter, so we were able to get that extra extra distance out of it, so. But uh but yeah, his was a, a bolt action. Yeah. An accurized fifty cal. So not your one oh seven that everybody in the video games think is the best weapon ever. Mm-hmm. Hate that thing. And it's heavy, super heavy. Um uh next scopes. So oh my, that, that's a whole podcast in of itself. Man, you can you can just go down that rabbit hole on scopes. So as a general rule, when you go to buy a scope You should spend double what you you paid on your rifle for your scope. That's the general rule. Um, Good glass is good glass. Um, Having said that, I didn't spend that much money on my scope. Now, I did get a good quality scope, Mm -hmm. but uh, I'm on a budget. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, But you can take good glass and put it on a crappy gun. and you'll have good glass on a crappy gun. If you take crappy glass and put it on a gun, good gun, you're not gonna get the max performance out of that, that firearm. So um, you'll be limited by your, your, your scope. Um, so, and that's, that's that balancing act of finding that good optic in your price range. So when you buy a scope, just get the, the best one you can afford. Pay it, pay it up front because you always put that on a new rifle so when you upgrade if you upgrade your rifle well then you might not need to uh, upgrade your glass you can just take that one on there and put mm-hmm. it on a um, couple different options when it comes to scopes so we'll go uh, your first focal plane versus your second focal plane so what this is is your first focal plane as you adjust the the zoom or the yeah we'll call it the zoom the magnification as you adjust that your reticle is going to shrink and get bigger with it so uh the advantages to that is i can mill a target and by milling i mean use my reticle to um find out how far that target is from me is this a good time to talk mill dots oh i'm I'm about to jump into that one all right all right yeah so don't crush your here or change your your flow here um so, so that allows you to use that. So if you have mill hold markers in there, so you don't have to make knob adjustments, you can use that at any, any setting. Um, the downside to that is, is as you, if you're at like uh, five power, that reticle can get a little harder to see because it, it shrinks down. Mm-hmm. So um, second focal plane, when you adjust your magnification, your reticle is gonna stay the exact same which is kind of nice, but the downside to that is, is if you're going to use that for any mill holds or milling targets, um, you have to use, typically you have to have it at the highest setting for it to be accurate, or there are some manufacturers that have a, a different, like at eight power, but that's all manufacturer dependent. Typically they're all at max power to utilize the, the reticle properly for adjustments or um, range estimation. So those, those are your two options for that. Uh, first focal planes a lot more expensive than a second focal plane. And depending on what you're doing with that, you may not always need that, that first focal plane. So that, that goes into what are you using this gun for? You know, if you're doing that thousand meter plus, you're probably going to be maxed out. Now, having said that, there is such thing as too much magnification. So, um, trying to get on target, you've probably done it even even with an AR, you know, especially with the, the low power variable out to the LPVOS. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, you leave that thing cranked up on like eight power and you're on the seven and you bring it up like, oh man, I can't even find the target. So, uh, the same thing happens in the the long range world, trying to walk onto a target and if you're at like twenty four power and you got that target at four hundred meters, it's gonna be a little harder to find it might take you take you a minute so being able to dial that down um and again, same thing goes back to what you're gonna use that gun for yeah um I'm getting those that variable power range kind of for what you're utilizing that gun or that uh that that system for um reticles well let's go let's talk moa versus mills yeah so so
0: yeah go ahead and
1: explain those
0: as best as you can because there are some people who right now who do not who are listening who do not have
1: a clue okay so minute of angle your moa that's to me that's my preferred because i think of inches um your mills your mill radion abbreviated down to mills your mill reticle that's going to be more of your your centimeters millimeters so i my brain doesn't quite think that way. I'm a red-blooded American. I like inches and feet. Uh-huh. So, um, but you can, you can convert back and forth. So for me to put it in something that I can look at paper and be like, oh, that's an inch, I have to do conversion from mills to get it to inches. So I don't like that. There is no difference in accuracy between MOA and MIL like a lot of guys will be oh man you got to get that mill cuz mills are you know that's millimeters that's more accurate mm-hmm. while it's still only adjust in 0.1 mil increments so you're not you don't gain any accuracy or fine tuning adjustment by going to a mill scope versus an MOA um so with that that MOA and mill so your reticle you know that i was went to sniper school before we had all this new cool stuff so the scope the reticle was a mill dot reticle in mills and my adjustments were moa so (laughs) that was the first scope that the leopold yeah uh, yeah yeah. whatever mark whatever fixed 10 power scope and it had that's what it was mill reticle with moa adjustments so that's that's what i cut my teeth on but i don't even think you can find those or buy newer scopes like that typically scopes you buy today if you have a mill reticle your adjustments are going to be in mills In same with the moa moa reticle moa uh dials um the standard mill dot reticle where it's just the two crosshairs with the circles on it yeah um they're same thing mills versus moa uh each circle i think they're 0.2 moa or 0.2 mil. um but the, it it's it's the same scope you're just measuring one in MOA versus one in mils um so i find that the math is easier in MOAs but there's some people that that like mils um mm-hmm. and they can they work that way i just when it comes to seeing it on paper i'm like uh i don't know what 4 centimeters is i know what 2 inches looks like so that's really what it comes down to is personal preference on that. So whatever you get, just be able to use it and make those conversions. Plus, cool. and, there, and like you said, it, it doesn't
0: that. matter necessarily one or the other. It's not going to affect the accuracy. Not what it's all. going to affect is is you, the, the end user, do you understand it? Can yep. you do you know the quick math in your head? Can you can you make those adjustments
1: on the fly? Mm-hmm. And whichever system works better for you, that's the one you should go with. Yeah, And, I mean, if you're in a group with a bunch of guys, if they're shooting MOAs and you got the only mill scope, well, they're going to be giving you adjustments like, Oh man, it's two mil or two mils. Right. Well, you got MOA. Yeah. So now you got to convert that over. So, um, that, that that's another consideration, um, for that. If you, if you got a bunch of shooting partners that you plan on utilizing for whatever competitions, range days, um, when the world comes to an end and you need your sniper buddies. So Mm -hmm. that's a, that's one more consideration for that. It's about it for scopes just as a general overview. Um, A lot of good manufacturers out there for scopes. Um, Honestly, I think there's more good ones than there are bad ones. Yeah. Um, So, I mean, you can, it's, it's just like buying a, a car or a gun. You can spend as little as you want or as much as you want. And, those scopes that are costing like 10 grand what are you getting out of that a lot of times you're getting better glass um so you got that real clear clear super clear picture you're getting that higher magnification maybe it's that first focal plane but uh you don't need all that if you're just getting into this and you need a gun that you can grow into go ahead and get you that 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 middle of the road scope that you can grow into because i I don't think you're going to reach that point where you're, you're able to shoot better than your equipment. You know, we call it outshooting shooting the gun. Most people aren't even close to being able to outshoot their gun. So, um, and that, that just means, like, if I got a gun that shoots a quarter minute of angle. So, meaning at uh, 100 yards, I can shoot quarter inch groups or a sub quarter minute gun. So, I mean, it, it, that's a really tight group. Now, being able to shoot that same quarter-minute angle group out at a 1,000, right? So if you start getting to the point where you're just, like, achieving what that gun should do, well, start shooting further because, or start shooting in those different positions. Do it from standing. You know, yeah, you can really drill that paper and make that dime size hole at a 100 from the prone. Can you do it standing? Right? So... That's that progression. So once you can shoot that, whatever your distance is, 800 yards, and you're consistently drilling that thing, yeah. And then now maybe you have reached the capability of that system. Now, you, now it's time to upgrade. That's your reward. Now you got to spend more money and get a better gun. <laughs> um, so that's that's my thoughts on those. Um, looking at the, the barrels. We're all right, so different different class barrels. So you got your heavy barrels, just like ARs, heavy barrel, thin barrel, uh, the bull barrels. Uh, a lot of guys get wrapped around, oh, it's, I've got this per- long-range precision gun. I ha- I got to have that, that big, thick bull barrel, heavy barrel. Well, you don't. That barrel, there's a give and take on that. Uh, you start talking harmonics with your barrel, meaning... So when I shoot, that barrel is actually vibrating up and down that's that's the harmonics so um to make a barrel more accurate you make it stiffer so Mm -hmm. how do you make it stiffer you make it bigger right so think if i have a a twig that's six feet long and you grab onto the end of that and you you can just bend it and break it with me holding here right but if i have a same length Stick, but now I've got one that's I don't know six inches in diameter, and you grab it, you're not going to be able to break it. So, same thing with a barrel. But, how much is that barrel going to weigh if you got a four inch barrel? Yeah, you know, yeah. you're not going to tote that thing anywhere. So, uh, barrels when you get, get to the, the bigger barrels like that, you're looking at the heat dissip- dissipation, um, uh, more consistency in the harmonics. Mm-hmm. Um, But that comes at a cost which is typically weight and price um so like hunting rifles you know those they got the what you would call the pencil barrels now um they're not any less accurate but they're a lot lighter because hunters you know you're walking around you're not going to carry this big bull barrel gun yeah i mean some people do but i prefer that thin pencil barrel and most people don't even shoot that but once or twice a year just confirm zero before they go hunting so that barrel's gonna last a long time. You don't need the extra, that extra diameter for doing all your target shooting. Cause that's gonna, that'll, that big bull barrel, call it a target barrel, Yeah, um, is exactly why it got its name, target barrel, because you're shooting a lot so it dissipates that heat. It's not gonna burn out in as many rounds. So um, there are different, not all barrels are made the same. Um, we know this from building ARs. Some barrel manufacturers are less consistent than others. Yeah. Um, and when it comes to the long-range world, it's it's all about consistency. You know, so when you start throwing all this stuff on your gun, the most accurate your gun is going to be is when you have an action with a barrel and you put that in a vice and shoot, that's, a, that's it. That's yeah, all you get. Th- that mechanical zero, yeah. Right? So that's it whatever you add to that gun isn't going to make it any more accurate that's what you get right there so you can throw everything on there He reminded me of i forget the name and maybe
0: some of you guys saw it out there i don't even know if they're still in business but i was at it wasn't shot show maybe it's a great american outdoor show that i went to a couple you know some years ago and somebody had some device that they would attach to the end of the barrel and there was like a, 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 hinge on it. So the idea was your suppressor, right? So it could be off to the side, right? I don't need it, but okay, now I need it for that suppressed shot. And then it flip over and it would align you know, with the <laughs> barrel. I'm like, well, that's pretty cool. You know, that, that, that works. Okay. Um, and then I asked the guy as he's like, show me the video and like trying to get me all excited about it. How does that affect the accuracy? Oh, it's accurate. Okay, but but with it closed, then now I, I'm now it's forward and locked in place. Doesn't that affect the barrel harmonics? And the guy looked at me like he had no clue what I was talking about. Yep. Like had no thought that oh that would affect the zero. Well, just adding a can's going to affect the zero. Let alone this big heavy yep. thing onto one side that's still attached to the barrel. Yep. And then now it's flipped forward. I mean, I knew that as a kid with my dad's. Um, um he had a. Uh, yeah, with the, uh, yeah. the bayonet. Yeah, with the, you know, the, that flip out. And when it was flipped to the side, wasn't very accurate. Flipped it forward, you know, for the bayonet charge. Oh, yeah, that thing was perfect. dead on. Yep. Yeah, but I just, I was amazed that they actually went the product and they were trying to sell it, but they hadn't thought
1: <laughs> about, <laughs> they, is this going to affect zero? What's zero? I, I, don't, I don't know. But it's a flip over suppressor. Yeah. Come on, man. This is cool. Looks great in the video games. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's that's quick. It's fast. Uh-huh. I mean, I don't if i put a suppressor on i typically leave that on for yeah ever <laughs>
0: i try to anyways but i guess you know I, you may be thinking that yeah. but
1: again to to the point
0: that consistency yep that leads to, to accuracy you know,
1: whatever it is you're going to mm-hmm. you know set up yeah. that barrel i mean if that barrel shoots 10 feet to the right Okay, does it consistently shoot 10 feet to the right? Will it stack those rounds just 10 feet to the right? Cool, because I can fix that with a scope, and I'll just slip my scope over, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's to the extreme. I I mean, obviously, if it shoots that far to the right, there's probably a bend in it, and you should get a different (laughs) one. But, you know, as long as it's consistently grouping, just like when you're zeroing on the 25-meter range with your, your AR, if you can't shoot a consistent group, we can't adjust your sight to line them up because mm-hmm. you're not consistent so and that that'll be a common theme throughout this entire podcast is consistency you got to be consistent that's where it's at um but yeah so as long as that barrel is consistently shooting that's it and like i said that barrel and that action when you shoot that's it you're not making that thing oh like if i put this uh scope on there it's going to be more accurate no it it is what it is now if you can put other stuff on there you can take away from the accuracy, you're never gonna gain any. Mm-hmm. So before you go adding stuff, you need to look at it like, is this going to take away from my accuracy? Because you won't gain anything, but when you add it, as long as you're not losing accuracy, you can go ahead and keep that on there. You know, at the cost of weight and whatever, but you do gain cool points for the most part, <laughs> unless it's something weird, like a flip over suppressor. Uh-huh. That's, that's definitely a loss of cool points. But, uh, but yeah, so keeping that consistent and, and not taking away from the accuracy that that already has. And then, so that's where it was. I? Yep. So that's the barrels, uh, length of the barrel. Let's, I get that asked a lot. Like what, what this, or what length do you want your barrel? I'm kind of weird. I like a, I like a, 18 inch barrel on my 308 bolt action which people are oh that's way short well eh, yeah but it works you know i can still hit out to 800 you know push it to a thousand you know we can max that thing out um uh 20 inch is a lot of your long range guns are going to be 20 inches um 20 or 18 depending on what caliber you're running uh like we did with the previous podcasts, you know, every inch you chop off of that, you're going to lose about 100 feet per second. So um, that equates into your your environmentals on a, on your bolts, which we'll talk about later. But yeah, so you're, you're going to lose some of that velocity, which will in turn have greater effects on it
0: elsewhere. I have a 16-inch, I think, uh, bolt gun that I, I wouldn't have purchased. But somebody that I knew needed money, and they were they needed a bad and and they were willing to get rid of it fairly cheap and uh yeah, in chambered in three oh eight so it was one of those okay i'm I'm not so much buying the gun as I'm doing you a favor, you know I'm, yeah. help, I'm giving you a solid and there I know you need cash bad, so I've got this thing, and man it's anyways uh' well, it's probably
1: it, tack, is it TAC driver it, it, right it's not too bad yeah, yeah
0: it's it's pretty good um I took it. <laughs> Here we go. I uh, when I was active, I hardly ever hunted. Shoot, I think I uh, my buddy Darren that I mentioned time and again, my first battle buddy in the eighty second. Uh-huh. Uh, he invited me when we were in Fayetteville to go to some place to go uh, go deer hunting, and uh, it, it was shotgun. So like, I didn't have, I don't think I has my 590. That's that's not the best hunting shotgun, (laughs) but I went out there with it. Didn't see anything. Anyways, I didn't get to hunt much when I was active. So since I've left active duty uh, in 2012, I've been able to to get a little bit more. So, yeah. So this guy invited me to go hunting with his, his deer hunting with his buddies and uh, here in Pennsylvania. And that was the only gun that I had. So I show up and all these guys are like, you're what? You're in the army, and what kind of gun is that? And and you haven't hunted, because you know, I really haven't hunted very much. You know, part of that. And they're all looking at me like, who the heck are you? And like, really, like I don't know about this guy. Who brought this guy? Exactly. Oh yeah, yeah. There's all, all kinds of stuff like that. So, uh, um, we go hunting, and uh, we're out in the woods, and sure enough, there's my deer, and he was running, and shot him, and dropped him. And they were all like the whole crew was stunned and amazed oh you only shot once and you got them like well yeah it's, it's pretty easy when they're not shooting back at you yeah. this, is, uh, this is easy
1: stuff you need more than one i don't know <laughs> right. I, I find it easier to just shoot them once and have them lay right there uh-huh. it's a lot easier to find them pretty much <laughs> yeah yeah and especially the way we shoot with that 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 tactical long-range shooting mm-hmm. you know if you're manipulating your gun around barricades and and doing essentially doing the same thing you would for with that ar or that that uh combat rifle class yeah it's a lot easier using that that 16 18 inch barrel than that that 22. yeah especially when you're talking bolt action yeah um but don't don't let having that 20 inch gun keep you from training like that you know it can be done yeah like when you were in that that course brought out the old oh the fnfl the old musket there (laughs) and started just working the techniques in that vehicle and just yeah people's jaws are dropping like "Ah, yeah pretty much i wasted all this money on a short barrel rifle and i could just do it with that (laughs) so but um so twist talk barrel twist yeah um that's going to come back to really what kind of ammo you're going to shoot what's your bullet weight uh, what's going to spin it the best, um, and that that bullet manufacturers have now started putting on, you know, twist rates of uh, like it has to be a, a one in ten or faster to stabilize this particular bullet and weight, um, which comes down to it's actually the the length of the the round, not not the weight, but until we find a lightweight metal for bullets typically the longer you make your bullet the more heavier they become so it it, it's essentially became the when you talk twist comes down to weight but it's actually the The length of the bullet yeah um so um but yeah uh just do some research on that when you're when you're purchasing your gun on on what you want. There's there's kind of an industry standard for what you're shooting or, or that specific caliber like the 6.5 Creedmoor. I think there's only most websites or most barrel manufacturers are going to have either one or two options for the 6.5. Um, you can get custom ones made, so if you find a round that you really like, you can get a custom-made barrel, but just realize that that may come with that restrictions of you have to shoot that ammo for the rest of that gun's life. Or something a little lighter um, so just do your homework on those and then I like a, a good middle of the road barrel twist so I can shoot a little bit heavier a little bit lighter you know like the AR on mm-hmm. that in a 1 7 because I can pretty much shoot anything with a, a 1 and 7 yeah um, let's see so let's talk semi-auto or bolt action a lot of people you, oh that bolt action you got to get that one because it's more accurate that semi-auto is going to be not as accurate well i
0: think that's a true statement what 25 years ago 30 years
1: ago yeah probably am i am i, am I wrong with that Do you no think of, no um yeah. and i think that was manufacturing you know the the, the ar platforms being what they were they weren't they weren't typically used for precision, so they yeah. no one took the time to accurize them. Yeah. So, but now, I mean, you can buy, an a semi-auto gun that'll outshoot some bolt actions, and, and vice versa. So, again, how much money are you willing to spend? What are you going to use it for? In the military world, you know, having that semi-auto gun, it, it's great because I can do faster engagements. Uh, so army we switched over uh in iraq because there's a lot of closer engagements excuse me a lot of closer engagements in that 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 one to 300 meter meter range yeah Uh, a lot of city engagements you're talking 100 or less well being able to to accurately engage faster without having to cycle that bolt manually that's, that's we kind of adopted that uh some of the downsides of that are if you're you know the typical sniper movie scene where you're out in the woods and you're engaging a target well that brass is kicking out of there and you know when that light catches it you're getting that that bright you know shimmer of light so that's one one advantage to the bolt is i can shoot and then i'm gonna remove that case when i'm ready to um which is also another downside is i have to make movement to action that bolt so now i'm moving whereas that auto it's i shoot and it's already ready to go i'm not moving at all yeah i'm just kicking that brass so there's some pluses minuses pros cons and again all comes back to what you want to use for that and is it a consistent shooting gun so as long as it shoots consistent you're going to be accurate so uh bipod legs um if you put on some bipod legs make sure you put them on right so they need to they're gonna fold up so when you put them up they should go up towards the barrel oh not back towards no nope. a lot oh, of people okay. put them like that that drives me crazy <laughs> um here's a reason for that so when you put those legs down and you get down in the prone behind it you need to lean forward like lean into the gun Well, if they're facing back towards you, they're just going to collapse, and now your barrel's going into the dirt. You could mess up your crown. Like, it's crazy. Um, So set them so they flip up. Um, I've actually started using a a backpack, like a shooting bag, and resting off of that. And the reason for that is when you're using a bipod, if I'm shooting, you've seen it, when you shoot in the dirt, and then you go shoot off a concrete pad, what do you get? You get that bounce, that concrete pad, right? Yeah. When I use that shooting bag, I have a consistent platform. Gotcha. So I take that backpack and set it on there, just make sure your muzzle's past the backpack or you'll be buying one or you're gonna have a hole in it. <laughs> you know, we haven't, at least not to my
0: knowledge, I can't recall. We haven't recently, but occasionally we'll have guys show up to to one of our classes, you know, whether it's a level one or level two class, and they have their, what they think is the ideal AR with the bipods and with some big old scope and in a heavy barrel, mm-hmm. you know, and when, I guess maybe they used to go into the range and shoot in their 20 rounds. But when you're shooting 400 to 500 rounds a day in a class.
1: Yeah, you're standing there doing them up-down <laughs> uh-huh. drills. Those guys get Boy, smoked really fast. Heavy. <laughs> uh, you remember the uh, the foregrips that had the little button you pushed? Oh, and the yeah, yeah, yeah. Came out? I hate those right? things. I those things were the coolest when they first came <laughs> out. Everyone's like, oh, that is such a great idea. And then you use them. You're like, this is stupid. Yeah, <laughs> I, I have
0: video. Have, have you seen the video? No. Um, so a buddy of mine from Seventh Group, um, one of the he had just left his team, and he went over to uh, to the schoolhouse to go uh, to go teach at the Delta course, and um, so his team was deployed. And uh, it's actually helmet cam footage, and they uh, they split up. So there's four of them who are walking, it, and uh, the other four are, the rest of them are like on the other side of this, this big hill, and they get hit by uh, a Chechen sniper team. And um, so these four, the guy with the helmet cam, uh, they they react, and they start maneuvering, and they they get down. And uh, the guy with the helmet cam, a Bravo, not only is he carrying a Carl Gustav, he also has a SCAR Heavy with one of those bipods on it. So you can see it. It's great. He deploys the bipods, and he, like gets it down on a rock, the first shot, bang, but one of the legs just snaps right off. <laughs> it couldn't take the recoil when he was all amped up.
1: Yeah, it's, it's pretty funny to watch. Oh, yep. Yep, that those suck. Plastic. Mm-hmm. Yep. Not all bipods are made the same. No, no, they're yep. not. Yeah. Man, I remember when those came out, that was like the hotness. Uh-huh. Like, like oh, it's both worlds. I get a good grip and then it <laughs> can have bipod legs. And then we came out with, yeah, you should not use that handle and uh-huh. use yep. a C-grip, yep. yep. right? And everyone was like, wasted my money again. That's right. Yep. <laughs> hey, sometimes you win them, sometimes you lose them. Mm-hmm. Live and learn. I'm not going to lie. You know, I, I still have one of those and it's, it's a
0: great toy I think it's been passed down to like almost all my kids so now my, my five-year-old daughter she she's she thinks she might have had it out like last week running around and almost oh, like a lightsaber or something she pushes the button <laughs> they, they come out and she gets to hit her sisters with it <laughs>
1: yes all right man it's a great concept you know uh-huh. just just didn't work like it was supposed to yeah yeah so yeah so I like I like a bag it it makes it little more consistent again consistency uh no matter what i said i said on a piece on a concrete pad i can set it on dirt i'm always shooting off of that and it's a nice yeah nice same surface Uh, let's see all right so that's enough about the rifle they go into some other equipment you'll you'll probably want to look at getting uh spotting scope some good binos man talk about an expensive sport you looked at the price of some spotting scopes lately, uh-huh, Wow, they just keep getting more expensive um good thing with spotting scope um you're not having to to hold that gun up to 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 glass anything so when you when you're looking through your your optic at different areas, we call it glassing because you're looking through the glass so uh hunting when if you're out hunting, you'll see a lot of the hunters like. When they're doing the moose or elk hunting, you know they're, they're going to be using those those spotting scopes or a good set of binos because holding that up to your eye all day. Mm-hmm. If you were using your gun to do that, I mean you're just carrying that weight. Yeah, so a lot easier with a, a spotting scope. Plus you can get that spotting scope where you can you can magic zoom that in to to real close. So you you can have it the magnification on that a little bit higher than you would a rifle. And, and really get in, get out there to see stuff. But uh, getting a good, good quality glass on that uh, from a, a good manufacturer. I Always look at warranties because it never fails. You can buy that three three thousand dollar spotting scope and then you drop it and it cracks. There's a there's a bunch of companies out there that'll actually replace that. Mm. So same thing with minos Getting a good set of binos. Um Use. I got just the circles around us. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, uh, but yeah, getting those binos, good quality ones, some good glass, and then then finding that uh, that right magnification level. Uh, there's a couple manufacturers on their websites you can go, and it's almost like a quiz where you enter in what you're going to do with it, and they'll kind of give you the mm, optimal uh, magnification ranges for what you're going to do. So they will help you out and give you some different options. And then uh, the shooting bag or shooting sock. So this is this is what you're gonna put under the butt of your rifle. So picture me in the prone with my rifle. I've got my my shooting hand wrapped around the uh, the stock, my finger off, my trigger finger off, and then my my non-shooting hand. I'm gonna reach around. And place that underneath my stock, so essentially my non-shooting elbow is almost pointing at the target, as much as I can get it there. And then in my non-shooting hand, I always used a sock with uh, popcorn seeds. You okay. Use popcorn seeds, rice. Um, I've seen now where they're using the the white airsoft pellets. Oh, okay. Yeah. They're good for weather. They're plastic. Yeah. They're not gonna deteriorate right? like you get. Get your shooting sock that's full of uh, rice, wet. You know, it's probably going to start smelling pretty soon. <laughs> but uh, so I have that just a, a regular old tube sock full of uh, airsoft pellets or popcorn seeds. So I put that under the butt stock. So when I squeeze it, it's it's going to raise my stock up, and then and, lowering and lower your my, yeah. my 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 point of aim. Yeah. If I loosen it and kind of push down on my stock, it's going to lower that stock and raise my point of aim so when i get all set i can just hold that sock and i've got a great nice stable shooting position so i'm not trying to hold my gun up and now i'm creating movement yeah. i'm trying to use muscles instead of just letting it lay there so now i'm not relaxed i could you know everybody knows when you're doing something for a long time you start getting shakes mm-hmm. right so now that's going to That'll transfer into your site, so you're going to see that. Now, that just adds more stuff you got to deal with. So you can buy those. Uh, There's a bunch of different manufacturers out there. Um, They're weatherproof, usually filled with sand when you purchase them. Uh, You can get some that look like a cornhole um, Uh bag. I like those because I can also take that, if I'm shooting off of a a boulder or a, a... a windowsill, I can take that fold in half, stick it on there, and now I've got a nice place to rest my rifle. So I'm not having to use bipod legs. And make it all now it's taller. Everybody knows the taller you make it, the less stable you are. So I can get nice and small and rest it right on that that little bean bag there that I either fold in half or I can make it whatever size I need. And then I can I've got a good place to rest that stock of that rifle on. And I'm nice, I'm low keeping my barrel low to the uh, the object i'm shooting off of and it's not going to get all scratched up you know it'll keep it consistent so it's it's almost like i was shooting on my shooting bag so that's that's another thing to add in there Um, those are nice to have you know if you're just getting into this you know skip the bells and whistles and, and just get the bare bones and and just get out there training yeah so skip the bells and whistles you know just get get that bare bones what you need to get going and just get out there and start training and then like anything you can purchase that gear as as you progress through the 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 training and and what you're doing and you know put a couple bucks aside and then eventually you'll have enough money for what you're you're looking to get uh all right now another another big topic ammo there's some, there's some hard ammo people just like, like you got to have this round to do this, this and this. Um, I, I like good bullets. Uh, typically you're going to pay more for your long range bullets and there's a reason for that. In the manufacturing process, when they actually make these bullets, they're taking the, the time and effort to make them consistent. So you're plinking rounds, you can get whatever you want for those. They're, they're going to be way less consistent, but uh, the process of making the long-range bolts on how they actually do it makes them a lot more consistent, which is why you're going to pay for it. Um, but uh, they're, they're more consistent to weight. Uh, when you do your spin test on them, they're going to spin a lot, um, a lot less deviation in your spin so it's it's a little machine, you kinda of clamp this thing in there and you spin it. It's got a little micrometer there that goes in and out and measures your deviation on that. Um, there's a couple of videos, uh the uh, military shooting team AMU. Mm-hmm. So they when they load their bullets, because they hand load everything for their consistency, but they weigh every single bullet and they break it down to point like point one grains. So let's say it's a a uh, 150 grain bullet. When you weigh it, you know, there might be one that's exactly 150. So that goes into 150 bin. And then you put another one on there and it's 150.1. That goes into 150.1 bin. And then the next one's 149.9. So that goes into that one because you're going to get that point, whatever grain variance. So that's, that tells you the, consistency that they are hoping to achieve with their ammunition because having that consistency in ammo feeds into the consistency of your gun the consistency of your shooting positions um, that's why they wear all those, that big bulky stuff yep. you see them it looks like those big old oven mitts and stuff yep. well, those that's to isolate your, your heartbeat and everything because you'll actually get a pulse in your finger so that isolates that it isolates they wear the 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 vest, so it isolates as best they can that heartbeat from the stock. So, in in a couple weeks, actually, I guess it's near the end of um
0: of October. Uh, one of my really good friends that we've been buddies at, uh, since I was twelve, uh, Guido, and I've mentioned him a couple of times. That's a, that's his code name. I guess yeah. I'll probably use his real name when he's here. I just can't break the habit. We we came up with those stupid names for each other when we're like thirteen or fourteen. I just can't break it. You're still gonna call him Guido. Yeah, pr- probably will. <laughs> um, so I'm looking forward to, to him being here. He's going to be teaching a special um, uh, mindset seminar here. Uh, he he's, lives in Idaho now. So he's going to come here. He's going to, going to do this this class. Um, I'm really looking forward to it. But then I'm going to get him on the podcast. And I yeah. remember when, when we were going to high school, we went to different high schools in Lancaster County. But he was actually on his team, his high school's shooting team. And that's actually when they had... Real guns, shooting real ammunition, twenty twos, and uh, so they would bring their guns into school and they'd shoot in the basement. And you know how how times have changed. Oh, but yeah. I remember him. Can you you imagine know, that today. Oh, I know, it's, it's yeah. nuts. But I'm going to pick his brain about that. I'm going to talk to him about that. He he was you know wearing all of you know the same thing.
1: It was pretty uh pretty yeah. good competition and stuff. So. Yeah, that's. It... And I'll be honest, like that's I'm not in, in that world at all. Yeah. So you give me that stuff, I wouldn't know what to yeah. do with it. I just kinda know about it. But yeah, that would be definitely interesting to hear him talk about that. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's super interesting. But uh but yeah, so back to bullets, the uh your your L R stuff's made speci- it's made to be more consistent. So there's a, like burger bullets, I like their bullets. Um they actually make factory loaded ones um I, as you guys know i like to reload so i like their bolts are super consistent um in fact the guy that one of their bullet designers uh that the brian litz he's got a, a couple books out there dude's a straight genius when it when you start talking like ballistics yeah. like man that guy is like light years of anybody i know to include myself like he's I don't even know if I'd be able to have a conversation with him <laughs> on bullets because he's just like blows me away. Well you um He reloaded a couple specialized uh five five six rounds for mm-hmm. me to to run through my my can. Yep. Yeah. Yeah we need Th- those are quiet rounds. Yeah. We need a chronograph so we can yeah. do some more testing on yes, that. Yes, I, I concur. Yes. There's future projects. <laughs> I like this. Um but yeah, so they, they may go and see our match kings. I mean that's the standard. Yeah. We shot them in the army, the seventy seven grain and then are uh, 308 bullets. They're they're all Sierras. They make a great round. Um, I I hand load Sierras, burgers. Um, When you start looking at rounds, a lot of guys will start talking the ballistic coefficient, so the BC. And I like to get in arguments with guys on that because it's just fun to spin people up because that's another one of the things, in the the long-range shooting world of guys nerding out on BCs. So there's a couple different essentially two different models you got the the uh i think it's one and then the seven so the the bc model the the original one they really didn't take an account for bowtail bullets so it's they're really going off of a flat base bullet where all your long range rounds now are are a bowtail which uh, for those of you don't know when you look at the base of the bullet it comes down and then it angles back so it's, it performs better in flight you get you get more a better spin better stabilization you don't get a that it's i can't remember the exact technical term for it but essentially it's a, a burble that happens behind the round with a flat base because you get some uh turbulent winds back there okay so the bow tail helps reduce that so it flies a lot better um so they came up with the new model so you'll see two different bc numbers Um, So, just realize what you're looking at. And here's my big rub with the the ballistic coefficients, is as a company making bullets, I can really kind of fudge those numbers to make them look better versus what they actually are. So, good bullet manufacturers, they'll actually put what the actual BC is that they they have tested and and know without manipulating or, I don't want to say manipulating, massaging the numbers. Uh Uh-huh. So... But for me, I really don't get wrapped up on the BC much. Um, I just buy it and shoot them if they shoot really good. I'm trying ch- to find those good, consistent shooters. Trying to pull up a pistol.
0: I made a pistol. A, um, a picture here for you of uh, I wonder if you've seen this picture before. I don't know where I got it from. I don't know where I stole it from, but... Yeah, keep going. I'll find it no, and okay. I'll show it to you. You know, actually, while you're talking about all this, it's it's reminding me of um, what uh, Chris, uh, Dark Chris, had, had talked here. And sometimes we, we share in classes when it's appropriate, but, but the stacking tolerances. So as we're you're talking, all these you know, consistency. Yep. So if you have that inconsistent bullet, if you have
1: parallax, it, it, and, and you laugh for that, if you have all these things, so you, yeah. what's happening? You then? just start, like I said, stacking that stuff up. So... You know, now so you got an inconsistent rounds. So you got you got that adds to the equation. Then you've got let's say that's just to give a number to it, let's say that's a, a quarter minute from an inconsistent round. So you're you're losing a quarter minute of accuracy. Now you add in um, a unstable position. So now you add another quarter minute of inaccuracy to it. Uh, you've got not a great scope, you just went down to Dick Sporting Goods and bought a fifty dollars scope. Yeah, so now you're not very consistent with that. Maybe you might might get some inconsistencies on your zero with that. So you add in another a half minute for that. You know, we're already at a minute of angle, and we didn't even shoot around yet. So, you know, that's it. All adds up. And like we said, everything you want to do to that gun, you're not going to change that system's accuracy from that barrel and that action when it shoots. You're just going to either take it away, or you're going to maintain it. So everything we do, we got to keep that, keep maintaining that accuracy. So if we have that super consistent round, that's gonna, that's not gonna take any accuracy away from our gun. Uh, reloads versus factory reloads, or I'm sorry, factory reloads, factory ammunition. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of, a lot of good manufacturers out there. I mean, technology today, stuff is super consistent coming off the line. In fact, when we, I was in uh, the uh, sniper course. Uh, the, our civilian down there was jumping up and down because we got the best lot to date for our 7.62 ammo. You know, he's like, Oh man, this is the best lot we've ever had. You know, like <sighs> if y'all can get this, you know, set that aside and use that for your deployment stuff. Cause this is like the most consistent stuff, Right on. you know, it really didn't register at that time, you know, but now looking back, I'm like, Oh man, that guy was absolutely right. Like keeping that stuff consistent. So that's why I like to hand load my stuff. Cause I, I know exactly what I'm putting into that, that round. I measure... Oh, that's a great picture. Yep, so that that little turbulent stuff on yeah, the back there, yeah. that would be even more with that flat base just because of the way it flies. So I'm looking at this picture of this bullet Jared pulled up, and it's, it's like a snapshot of a bullet running through the air. Yeah, mid-flight, yeah. Yeah, it's... And you can see all the how it's breaking through the wind it's got the big V coming off it and then it's got the little like a little turbulence it's 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 like a sub going through the water yeah you know when you see the little the pictures in the movies you see that sub going through it's got the little turbulence coming off it that's exactly what it is and
0: and i have no idea where i liberated that picture from it might have even been back in the bravo course might have been Mm -hmm. some of the the uh um the products and stuff that they gave us because i've had it for a while but yeah i've I've never seen a picture that's a good picture
1: yeah so uh oh yeah I forgot where it was, but uh, yeah, so <laughs> reloads versus factory. Uh, factory rounds are coming out. They're really consistent, but I, I like to do my own. That way I know like, I measure the powder going into each round is measured. Like each round is, is within .02 grains. You know, as accurate as my scale can get, I measure each one, which takes me forever to reload, but I'm, I'm getting a good product. Uh, my cases they're all trend the exact same. They're all within like thousandths of an inch for case length. The bullets seated the exact same on all of them. So the I haven't really started weighing my bullet weights to kind of divvy them up because I'm I don't wanna have a, a a lot of this and a lot of that and then another lot over here. So these are all the point whatever. So I just kinda of run those. But uh if i once we start doing the the 800 plus i'll i'll definitely be be jamming out some some really consistent ammo for that um but like i said factory stuff it's it's still good you get it from a good reputable manufacturer you're gonna have you your worries on your ammo should be very very low all right so that's enough about ammo um bottom line get you some good consistent reliable ammo so uh let's talk let's talk about a little bit of differences between in your your the lr world for long-range shooting uh you got your we call <laughs> we call that a motorcycle that's a motorcycle guy yeah well, that was a different one though yeah all right so we call them the, the paper shooters or your not derogatory but belly shooters um and then like we were talking the the tactical long range shooter, so your your paper shooters you know that's that guy that goes out there, he's got that super nice gun that can shoot really well, lays his stuff out, lays on the range, gets in the prone, shoots his shoots however many rounds he shoots at whatever distance he's shooting at, and then packs his stuff up, goes back home you know that guy can he can put some groups in there, right, and then there's the tactical side where you're you've got that acceptable sight picture, you know, that, that acceptable margin of error where you're hitting that target, you know, within that that, that kill box mm-hmm. but it might not be drilling it dead center every time. Uh you're you're shooting off of different barricades, different positions, your non standard positions, different you you this sitting, kneeling, standing, you know, you're you're doing all that, you know just like the the combat rifle course you know you're working through if you've got a magazine doing mag changes because uh, you got to keep that gun running so if you're not training it while you're on the range you're not going to do it yeah and everyone says it we hear it all the time oh well, i'll do it in real life no you won't you won't i know you won't i've seen it you're gonna do what you do on the range right now i mean there are documented cases of this in real life um like cops for instance uh back when they used to carry revolvers in New York, um, on the range, they would shoot their six rounds, and they'd dump that brass into their hand and stick it, in, it in their pack. pockets so yeah. they wouldn't have to bend over and pick it up later. Yeah. Well, there was a officer-involved shooting, and the cop died. He, he got shot, and they found him with an empty gun and a pocket full of brass. You know, so, it, man, it just flares me when people, I'll do it in real life like I know you won't stop saying that one of my favorite uh, stories that, work.
0: stories I read about the that kind of thing was uh, again, it, again it was law enforcement but it, it could be anybody uh, was practicing was training and uh, at, at some combatives house or, or some hand-to-hand place or martial arts place or you know, whatever and uh, they were practicing disarms so all, like all morning long he was practicing disarming somebody with a pistol Okay. Okay. So then he leaves the place and I forget why I read this, but yeah, it's this nice, nice write up. So he goes to the gas station filled with gas. He's pumping gas and somebody sticks a gun in his face. Give me your money. So what does he do? He disarms He's the, guy. He lick and he the split. guy. And then what does he do right
1: after that? He hands the gun back oh, to his training no, partner, didn't. just like he did all day long. All day. Just yeah. it back. Try again, buddy. <laughs> nope. I got you again. Oh yeah. That, yeah. I, I you see it. There's documented cases of it, and it's, it's a thing. Yeah. So please put in the work. Like, don't stop using that as an excuse. I'll do it in real life. No, you won't. Just just don't do it. You know, train the way you fight. People say that all the time. Well, put in the work and do it. Yeah. You know. So, but yeah. So that's that's your tactical shooter, right? You're 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 working the gambit of of all that into into your training. So. You know there's nothing against that paper shooter i mean he can probably shoot groups way better than i can mm-hmm. but i'm not training for that yeah you know whereas you take that guy and put him in my world man he's gonna be all over the place he's not gonna be able to do it but he doesn't train for that you know maybe he is just that's all he wants to do is shoot that thousand meter bowl contest you know which hey that takes some skill like i'm not taking anything away from that that's just not what we're about we're about that 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 tactical level, that light fighter being able to employ that weapon system through the gambit of whatever you may encounter in the, in the real unpredictable world. Yeah. So, and that's just my take on that. I, I know more people feel that same way, but yeah, definitely. If you're going out to train and you're not you're not pushing yourself and doing doing the same thing, like you do the same drills you would do for your your AR. I'm not saying stand around a and do up-down drills with it. But, yeah. you know, if you're shooting barricades, shoot barricades with that. Take your, your precision rifle out there and see how, how well you do. You know, if you get to that point where you're just drilling out that bullseye at 500 yards, do it from the kneeling. Do it from the standing. You really want to test test how good you are? See see how well you shoot standing up, Yep. you know, at that distance. I mean, it's, it's skill, and you're never going to get that skill unless you do it. And you're not going to maintain that skill unless you keep doing it. So got put in that work just like anything else we do. So, so that's, that's my, my rant on the differences in as I see them in the, the long-range world. So, so looking at uh, – let's talk about some of the, the math stuff you got to do. <sighs> so I've always said, you know, the only reason snipers are deadly is because we figured out how to weaponize math because that's all it is it's all just math we figured out like oh man we can make math lethal so uh your wing calls it's funny how you know i
0: went through the delta course mm-hmm. and had to do all sorts of calculations there for you know running ivs and stuff like that that yeah. was pretty it was hard oh, yeah. I, I wasn't as motivated right so that, that was kind of i mean i did it figured it out and got everything right yep. but it's funny how first thing the first school that i went to as soon as i got into group was a T1G Master Breacher course. It's amazing how how the math when I'm, I'm building charges was so yeah.
1: much easier. Oh, yeah. I was a little motivated yeah. to like, oh man, this is great. <laughs> like, man, this is way way easier than the stuff you're doing yeah. before. And man, yeah, you didn't even have that motivation. That's right. Yeah. And for those of you who don't know, when you're working with demo and and the math and that, it can get yeah. You can get pretty crazy. You got to calculate that new. Oh yeah, you got to have that new for that minimum safe distance, because man, that'll ring your bell. Just, just yep. look at this guy. Oh, I've, oh <laughs> I've got a. Now I, yeah, I'll tell that story
0: another time. <laughs> t- no, I can't help myself. I'll yeah, tell part t- of it. T- so t- I was t- at a, um, I was helping out at a event, and uh, the guy who was running the event, uh, he had somebody else who was. Um, it's not tannerite, right, but he was mixing uh, other stuff, and he's like, "I'm going to do a 500 pound shot." I'm like, "Oh my gosh, this is so retarded." So sure i know this is safe. Exactly. So I uh I went to the guy running it, and it's his his thing. I'm like, "Are you sure about this? Does this guy know what he's doing?" Oh yeah, yeah, he's good. So I walk up, and now the guy's already mixing it. So as he's mixing it, the safest thing is to actually you know blow it right after it's being after gonna be mixed. Oh yeah. So I walk up. I'm like. So uh, you guys are all good? He's like, yeah. I'm like, okay. Hey, by the way, what what what's the new for this shot? New? Oh no, what's not new. We've been doing this for a while. Oh, okay. So, but but what's <laughs> what's the, what's the new, right? And there there is the test. There's the bona fetus. Do you do you even have a clue what yes. you're doing? Because this is massive. And uh, the guy's like, oh, what, what new? I'm like, yeah. You know, the net explosive weight. Have you calculated the net explosive weight so we can know the minimum safe distance? Had no freaking clue. And after that, I'm like i'm out okay i'm that's uh, yeah i'm gonna be back here
1: exactly it was <laughs> oh, so retarded that looks at least at least 200 meters from yeah here. at least <laughs> how it turned out well
0: i um again it was not my show i was not in charge um but i did finally talk the guy running it to pushing everybody back down behind a uh um a berm and just get everyone back and then uh they set the thing off and it was pretty, pretty it, impressive. It, 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 was, it was pretty massive. Yeah. I, I certainly did my good deed for the day, yeah. making sure that everyone was well back and, and undercover. It was just, it was dumb. It's, and we're going to stick it under a car. It, oh, it, it was totally, um, it was totally like these adults who thought they were like six years old. I'm going to stick this one firecracker in an anthill oh, that was cool. Now I want to stick two firecrackers in that anthill and just kept, you know, yep. just kept with, with no, yep. yeah, nothing. Anyways. Common sense out the
1: window, no yeah. safety. This yeah. is going to be cool. Oh, hey, so watch stupid. this. Yep.
0: So stupid. <laughs>
1: That's funny. Uh, yep. Hey, anyways, so we're talking about shooting, right? Yes. So going back to math. <laughs> yes, that was, math. that was a good, uh, good break from the, the math drain here. But, yeah, so wind calls. And here's another good saying for that. If it wasn't for wind, anybody'd be a sniper. So wind is probably gonna be one of your your toughest things to master on being able to make that accurate wind call. Mm-hmm. Um there's a lot of different ways of, of reading a wind. You know, you got the mirage, which is if then you got you're driving down the road, you see that the like the heat coming off the the pavement, that's mirage. So that happens pretty much everywhere. So being able to see that and read that. And, and so you you judge that by the angle at which it's it's kind of moving from the earth. So straight up and down, obviously, is zero zero to one miles an hour. And then as as that angle grows, your miles per hour get there. Looking at the grass, I mean, that's a little bit tougher. So different grass, and in that different uh, mile per hour. So depending on the type of grass it is. I mean, that's straight nerding out and really getting into the weeds. Um, Leaves rustling, um, looking at the trees. Most trees and and limbs kind of move at certain miles per hour. Um, I won't go really into great detail on that, but there's a lot of different wind indicators you can use. Like, you remember the movie Shooter with Mark Wahlberg? You know, he's out there with his little wind meter. He's looking at the flags and all that stuff. I I it's amazing. I, I tried watching that movie, but then when he
0: made the cocktail and used like a rubber hose and a um, a uh, needle for the basting needle, yeah, to, to, to give himself an IV, I was like, no, I can't, I can't handle it. That's a hard man. You're going to stick that yeah. into your arm? Yeah. <laughs> you know, another one that I just couldn't watch. That I know people love is uh, The Walking Dead. I finally like, okay, I'm going to watch this, and I lasted till one minute into the show when. They're all, like, behind some cars, and, like, the main star yells at one of the rookie cops to take his safety off his Glock. You know, you better put that on fire. And then they hear a click. I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm
1: done. Yep. I can't handle it. <laughs> I can't handle it. That's one bad thing about movies and gun scenes and yeah. being who we are. You just can't watch it and enjoy it. Like, <laughs> like with grips, you'll see, oh, he's not even gripping the gun right. right. There's, like, a big inch gap between their hand and the the uh, base of the I was watching something
0: with, uh, with 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 Abby, and in uh, and guns started coming up in like gun handling and stuff. And then she's like getting mad. She's like, oh, "That's wrong. That's wrong. That's wrong." And then she stopped halfway and she looked at me like, "You've ruined my life. <laughs> You've ruined my life. <laughs> it's all my it's, fault.
1: This is your fault." Now I gotta see all these <laughs> inaccuracies right. in their weapons handling. I, ignorance was bliss. Oh. I saw one where they, they break out this bag of guns and they start handing around. I'm just like, oh, my God, they're flagging all over the place. Like, oh, this Mac Ten's really sweet. Is like pointing at everybody in there. They're like standing in a circle pointing guns at each other. It's like, oh, my God, of it's a course. flagging party what is wrong with you get a better advisor we
0: got (laughs) to circle back
1: to longer (laughs) oh man I think I'm
0: I'm I'm laughing so I'm maxing out the uh, the mic everyone's like listening fine all of a sudden hey
1: we're giggling it's like ping in their ears wait say it again we don't know what you're laughing at (laughs) watch the video you'll see it yeah yeah all right uh, yeah so so judging the wind um, it's super hard to master it uh, takes a lot of time. Uh, Chris always tells his story about the guy on his team that was just uh, – that dude could look out there and be like, all right, uh, three mils right, and then you're just crushing it. Like yeah. he, he just had that gift, the gift. Of, it's like the matrix, you know, where he looks in there and you see all the ones and zeros, and then at the end he looks down the hallway and it's all one. That's that's what that guy is. He just looks out there and he just got it. Yeah. You know, so some people, it takes a lot of work. But, uh, yeah, so you're, you're – most of the time when you miss at range it's usually because of a bad wind call i've seen more more missed shots from bad wind calls and in uh wind math than than anything um especially these days with laser range finders and stuff to get your distance and and measuring stuff um But yeah, if you're gonna focus on anything as far as your formulas and and what you need to focus on, you get your get your your system, get out there, and then just take a wind meter and find out what the actual wind is and then look at it and see see what it's doing. So you can have that that actual wind mile per hour reading. On your Kestrel and say, "All right, this is what five miles an hour looks like," and and just be super observant of what the trees are doing, the grass, all that stuff. Um, so, going in distance, so judging your distance, uh, range estimation. If you're really far off on your range estimation, you you can miss a target, especially when you're you're pushing that 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 uh, smaller caliber like a 308 when yeah. you start looking at distances. You know, so like on a team, when you had a, a new shooter or a new a new sniper, we would give him the uh, the 300 Win Mag because that's a little more forgiving on your 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 uh, your wind calls and your distance, uh, your range estimation, because it it's like a laser beam. So when you look at the trace on that, which for those of you who don't know, trace that it's that is like the matrix it is the matrix so, so when you see the bullets and you see the the rings that are coming off yeah. Of it, yeah it looks just like the matrix um once you see it you'll always see it uh if you watch hunting shows when they're doing those like the elk hunts and they're kind of shooting down across a valley i see it every time just on the camera like oh there's trace yep so um that's a great way to uh to spot rounds is with trace as long as you're really close to the bore line you'll you'll get pretty accurate calls on that but uh yeah trace trace is amazing once you see it you got it but uh some people takes a little bit to catch it yeah but uh yeah um uh, laser range finders great for for finding distance of a target and uh what i like to do to train my eye to use my mill reticle or whatever reticle you have if you're going to use that for range estimation go ahead and set some targets out that you know the size of for your your milling formulas and just set them out at random distances you can leave them out there you know if they're metal leave them out there or whatever good plastic e-types stick them in the yard and then uh take your take your uh your uh rifle with the scope and range your target, because there's programs, uh, Kestrel has it on their their wind meters, or as long as you know what the distance is, you can use the formula and it'll tell you what the mill size is. Now, knowing what the mills should be, I can get behind that scope and I can start training my eye to see that mill, the the exact of, yes, I know this should be uh, whatever, 5.2 5.2 mils, and then I get on that scope and I say, All right, I this is what 5.2 mils look like, okay? Because when you start getting into the point mills, it, it starts getting a little tougher. Mm-hmm. So, but that, that's one way of training yourself on how to actually see that accurate mill reading in there and teach yourself to, to see it like it should be. Uh, spindrift, I told some people about spindrift, and they just looked at me like I was speaking a different language so spin drift is is the the bullet comes out spinning in a a direction typically barrels are a right hand twist and there's no that's just how they made them they turn right i think that was due to the tools of the time when they first started making barrels so now they all just spin to the right you can get a, a barrel made with a left hand twist if you want it um, just know that it, your spin drift is going to be a little bit different. Um, but yeah, so spin drift, as that bolt spins through the air, because it's spinning to the right, it's actually going to start moving to the right. So like if you throw a spiral football and you could throw it without gravity or any effect, so you could throw it over that mountain as you throw it, because it's spinning to the right or left, it's actually going to start drifting that way because it's just that's how they, it works. When it spins that way, it goes that way. So a 308 will typically have a, a spin drift of about a one minute of angle at 1,000 yards. So that's 10 inches. So you can get up to 10 inches of, of air to the, to the right without accounting for spin drift at 1,000 meters. So now you have to add your spin drift on with your wind call, with everything else. So again, that that can be one of those compounding factors that we're just stacking up if, if you're not mm-hmm. totally onto that. Uh, humidity, temperature, that all causes the bolt to fly differently. More, more humid air, you're actually gonna get a little bit more distance out of that round. So uh, like when it's raining, you actually get better distance, which totally blew my mind. It's like, how can you shoot through the rain, but yet it goes farther and straighter? It's, it flies better. Yeah. It's weird. Um, that, that's nerd stuff way above where I'm at right now. All I know is it goes better. <laughs> uh, so less, less dense air versus dense air. Um, temperature. Um, that's going to have effect. Uh, you'll see a lot of the precision shooters when they're, they're sitting there, they'll take all their ammo, their five rounds are going to shoot, and they'll set them on the table. They'll lay them flat, and they'll kind of roll them to make the powder all flat. So it's consistently at the same level through the case. Because if you have it sitting up, when you put it in your rifle, it's all going to be all the powder is now pretty much at the back of the case. It's not all laying flat. So if I lay it flat roll it, now it's going to be consistent. It's a, a consistent level across the bottom of the case. And then I pick it up, put it in the gun, slide it in. Like this is this is the detail that these guys go yeah, to. Yeah. They leave them sitting in the sun so they're all the same temperature. Because if it's a real hot day and I grab some rounds out of my bag, they're going to shoot different because they're not as hot as the ones that were sitting in the sun. So temperature has an effect on that. Same with the barrel temperature. Uh, the hotter your barrel is, you're going to get a little bit more velocity because your powder is going to burn a little bit. All the powder will burn before it exits the barrel. It'll burn faster. So you'll get a little more velocity. So you'll start changing your consistency on that. Uh, the And Jared might have might have to help me say this, the Coriolis effect. So this is like referencing that movie Shooter again, which you didn't see, where Mark Wahlberg, he's like, oh, the very curvature of the earth comes into effect. i Is like, that oh. the one where if you like snap your, your arm, you, you can like- Oh, curve the bullet? Cur- no, that cur- was wanted. Oh, okay, okay. That- or, I'm sorry. When are we going. gonna teach that course? Because I mean that. Well, that That's the classified stuff that we, yeah. we can't get into. I heard Flynn's really good at that. <laughs> he, he won't show me though, I think he's scared. Or he doesn't want to teach me the secret. Yeah, that, that's, that could be. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so yeah, so it has to do with, literally the curvature of the Earth and how the Earth spins on its axis, and it, it gets greater when you get closer to the equator versus towards the pole. But that <laughs> here's the funny part. So that's going to be your. This is going to come into effect when you're shooting more north and south. Okay. All right. So, and it's funny when you when you do some research into this stuff. If you do it, it'll be the Coriolis Say it for me. If I can. Because now that I'm on a mic, I won't be able to. Coriolis effect? Yes. Okay. Uh, so when you look at that, it actually says that effect, and I'll say phenomenon, phenomenon after it. So it, it's just I haven't really dug into the science on why it does that, other than it's the Earth is spinning on the axis, mm-hmm. and depending on where you're shooting at. So obviously on the, equate, the equator, the Earth spins Faster versus mm-hmm. a point towards the pole. Yeah. So that's where that comes into effect. And then you got the and I'm gonna screw this up. So I'm gonna spell this first for everybody. <laughs> it's the we were trying. I was trying to find Google to try, say this for me before we started this, and I I couldn't. I was. So you not were a find Bravo, it. right? I was a Bravo. Okay, right, but that, we didn't cover this stuff. Enough, that's.
0: Oh, I know, but but enough said.
1: Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> it, if. If this was the name of a hammer, I would definitely know what it was. (laughs) (laughs) But, yeah, so it's E-O-T-V-O-S. So EOTVOS effect. Don't don't, don't even embarrass embarrass yourself anymore. So it's that effect. So that one, that only works for when you're shooting the east and west. Same thing, more when you get to the equator versus to the poles. Um, So for these, you're talking roughly 3.9 inches at a thousand meters
0: that's impressive that, yeah that's, so you're
1: that's looking at about big variable there. that's four inches that could just be from not accounting for these at a thousand meters yeah um and obviously the your caliber bullet weight and everything and distance you're shooting at comes into will change that number but roughly it's about four inches yeah so at crazy um Oh, going back to bullets, since I, I touched on it right there, your bullet weight, heavier bullets are going to you're gonna maintain that velocity longer. So lighter bullets, you're gonna bleed velocity way faster than a heavier bullet. So a heavier bullet is going to be essentially more accurate because it's going to maintain that velocity and bleed it off less than a, a faster round or a, a lighter round would. Um, so gravity, gravity is a constant. Yeah. We all know this. So you really don't have to account for gravity because we do that with knowing what our hold is and our, our drop for a bullet at whatever distance, right? So at a if it's just a random number, ten inches at five hundred yards, it's always going to be ten inches at five hundred yards as long as I'm shooting that same ammo. Um, it's it's a consistent drop so when you look at um, uh, ballistic tables for certain rounds and i'll tell you like here's your drop at these ranges those are great starting points for you as a shooter to take into account what your your drop on that round is going to be it should be pretty accurate um, as long as it's it's not going to be anything crazy unless you're you're shooting a 10-inch barrel, then you might have a little bit difference on that. But those are great starting points. That'll get you on paper. And then from there, you can fine-tune your holds for those different ranges. And then add that into your dope book, which the dope the dope book, Dope, D-O-P-E, stands for Data on Previous Engagements. Mm-hmm. So every time I'm out shooting on a range, I'm writing down what range I'm shooting at, what my round is, temperature, temperature, um, what the wind was, what my hold was for the wind, what my hold was for that that particular uh, distance. So then I can go back and compile this data. So when I know, if I go hunting, I can just make a quick uh, card on a three by five card, like 200 meters, here's my drop. And then my winds, I'll do zero, zero to three, three to five, and then you can do five to seven. So I have a, quick reference card so i can make those shots accurate um then you then you start getting a little more advanced let's get into like moving targets so a lot of variables in that so not only do you have to do all the math and the legwork up to that that range now you have to account for the speed of that target how fast is that target moving and which way are they going you got to subtract that from your your wind call if your wind is is coming the other way or if it's it may be adding to your wind your wind might be helping take some of that away a lot a lot of variables but it's really fun and super gratifying when you hit that moving target like oh man i just hit that at 300 (laughs) and man that was awesome so Especially if it's a steel target that moves, because you get that ping, You're like I just did that. Um, so, so yeah, and that uh, that about wraps it up, Jerry. Oh, you think so? I mean, I could go on for days. I'm sure days. I'm, and this is just this. a good start. Yeah, this is a good. This is going to get you wanting more, so you come take our classes. That's right. Yep.
0: And next year, uh, with a specific location, it looks like we're going to be able to be doing a lot of yep of long range classes. Again, some based off the AR platform and then others, yeah. you know, based off other platforms with, as you've been talking
1: about, you know, bigger rounds, heavier yep. rounds. Yep. Get that, get some distance on there. But yeah, I like that intermediate one with the, the AR platform because a lot of guys, you know, they're, I don't want to say they're hesitant to shoot that, that 300 and beyond with that, that AR. But once they go through that class, they'll have that confidence. So yeah. they're not going to. Oh man, should I? No, you're going to be able to take that shot because you've got the confidence and you've done it before. So now you, you know, yes, I can hit that. So what shot are you proudest of that you made? Oh man.
0: Okay. You think about it. I'll tell you mine. Um, we were doing pre-deployment, pre-deployment training, um, before my last real trip, which was 2017 Mm -hmm. was the last real trip that I was on. And I was rocking the Scar Heavy with an L-can, and I did a standing shot and hit a man-sized silhouette steel at, oh, I forget the exact distance now, I wrote it down, but it was 820 meters, something like that. So I was pretty impressed with that. Now, that was definitely- That's nice. That definitely like, uh, 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 did you ever watch Seinfeld? Yeah. Okay, George Costanza, mm-hmm. you know, like he see he's like in the meeting, says a joke, everyone laughs and he leaves- it was totally that. You know, <laughs> miss, 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 miss. Ting, I'm out. Yep. <laughs> Got I'm done. it. I'm putting this thing away. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Uh, yes, there
1: was some skill there, but there was a heck of a lot of luck yes. a- as well. Yep. And, hey, sometimes sometimes you might take a couple. <laughs> I mean, the guy that made that farthest shot with that Barrett yeah. in Afghanistan, he didn't hit him on the first shot. Like everybody says, oh, you know, one, one round, one hit that's usually not the case you're usually talking two or three i think he hit that guy in the the third or fourth round oh really yeah um but so for me i've actually got two i've got a pistol so we were we were doing our training with a a foreign force and we had a had a piece of steel out there it was i want to say it was 210 meters and me and another guy were uh it had to do it in less than 15 rounds okay so I think I got mine in like six or seven you know it was, it was pretty impressive at 210 <laughs> meters with a, a, a Glock 19 oh, okay. you know straight ball ammo that's so, not too bad yeah we actually put that in the sit rep on below the cut line <laughs> <laughs> Nice. yeah uh, I don't know if my buddy listens to this but if he does he will know exactly what I'm talking about uh, but no for, for the sniper stuff in the course Uh, One of the tests is, you you lay down and you've got, uh, you're on a time limit. You've only got a few minutes to talk your your shooter onto a target, determine the distance, shoot shoot the target, and if you miss, you have to you have one more round, so you get two shots. If you miss on the first one. You have to re-engage in under, I want to say it's within 30 seconds. You have to have a second round out. So you have to make your correction and then send a the second round. It's it's pretty quick. Um, so we laid down there. We we got the target, and the first round hit, it was like 800 and some. I want to say it was like 860. Um, and coming in cold and just just shooting. So, yeah. Nice. It was it was impressed i was like oh yes we're done and then we had to do it again for a different target i think you had to do two out of, or three out of five or two out of five so i can't remember that was a while ago but yeah <laughs> so we did we did do another one it was a different distance so well that, that was fun so those those are my two stories okay cool well well thank you um again that's
0: uh this is just a taste just the start look forward to the to run those classes next year, and yeah, thanks for your time.
1: Yeah, I look forward to teaching them. Um, you guys that know me love teaching, love giving that information to you. All
0: right, we appreciate you guys, and we'll talk to you next time. You know what it takes to make a shot at that range. Everything comes into play that far. Humidity, elevation, temperature, wind, spin drift. This is six to ten second flight time, so you have to shoot it where the target's going to be. Even the Coriolis, the spin of the earth comes into play. President be wearing body armor, that means a headshot you we'll